Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to another football to football, and this one is a pretty going to be a pretty short show. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on. We're kind of just doing this because you know we're not doing another show till uh, Monday when we talk about the games that are happening on Sunday. Uh, but we do need to preview those games that are happening on Sunday. Two big games, the championship games. Uh, we'll preview those. And there's a couple of news items to discuss. Um, not anything, you know, major. Uh, just a few things here as we've kind of covered all the coaching stuff. And honestly, you know, you guys want to go read about the coordinators that got hired? Go ahead. I really don't think that's, like, awesome talking conversation. Uh, but, uh, you know, guys, uh, how's it been since uh, anything going on since Monday? Uh, you know, honestly, the only thing I've been doing lately is playing with speakers. Uh, I uh, got more equipment for my DJ stuff, so um, I've just been thrilled playing music and just, you know, enjoying them and hoping to use them pretty soon here. So I mean, that, that's one nice thing I guess you could say that I've been doing in my time. Besides that, you know, just kind of doing the norm. Randy, anything? No, just coming to grips that we only have three football games left the whole year. Oh, don't remind me. I'm going to miss it so much. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Gonna st- I think on Monday we're going to start, like, shedding tears, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, there's a football game that happens next Sunday, but nobody cares. So, well, so, some people do, I guess. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. we'll talk about it. I, I mean, I know we'll definitely cover it, but I know there's plenty of people who don't care about the Pro Bowl, and I'm growing to be one of them. Yeah, I used to be the biggest protector of the Pro Bowl. I used to think, oh, you guys yes, are Yes, I remember having discussions with you about yes. the Pro Bowl. <laughs> yes, but they've just changed it, and, and to me, for not Wait, the you don't you don't like fantasy football Pro Bowl, Gary? I just don't care. I just uh, – it's less – interesting to me because of that reason i love the conferences you know you could have one team win the super bowl from the afc but the nfc players were just so much dominant in the pro bowl it just kind of was kind of neat you know those those kind of things were interesting to me any any thoughts on the pro bowl there Andy? no i'm like most of the world i don't care i I might watch five minutes of it (laughs) Uh, the only thing i think would be different is they use you know Superstar NFL guys that, you know, maybe they're Hall of Famers, guys from the past. 
I think it'd be more interesting to me if they use like celebrities, like you have a giant celebrity that it, it gets to draft a team and then you add some other components. I think that'd be better. Uh, I just don't care if Jerry Rice's team or Michael Irvin's team wins a game. That's cool and all, but I, I want to see somebody out of the world of football. It'd be, I think it'd be added a different component. No, I would just rather rather see skills challenges than, than an actual game. <sighs> I miss that so much. Uh, uh, but I, playing, I could see like, what if somebody like gets injured doing that? That and, happened, you know. Robert Robert Edwards, New England oh. Patriots yeah. had that beautiful running back, and one challenge in the sand took his knee out, and he's gone for the rest of his career. The same as a Pro Bowl. I mean, people are going to get hurt in the Pro Bowl too. Mm-hmm. It just skills challenges would be far more entertaining to watch than guys standing around watching. Goofy plays get pulled. For, you know, you're, you're right about that. I mean, I like the skills challenge. I like watching those in basketball. I'm not going to lie about that. You know, uh, it's always interesting to see those kinds of things. Just that's what I would think that they don't do that. It's like, okay, we already got the game. Don't want another risk happening there. And, you know, that's always possible, I guess. That's probably also because by the time they. The way they do it now, it's just kind of like, well, we're just doing this game because they're having us do it. I don't know what they, you know, particularly care. So, um, but yeah, uh, so the NFL does have a contract coming up here, or well, it's already up. They are in negotiations for it. That is the Thursday night football contract. Uh, CBS, of course, had those uh, the the last two years. They paid about. I think $300,000 for them, uh, the 10 games that they had. Uh, the NFL now is considering making it a two-channel thing along with uh, the NFL network. So, MB, you know, right now the leaders are NBC and CBS splitting those 10 games, so they'd have five games each. Uh, Fox wants to get into it, but they are apparently very far away on contract talks. And there are two leading theories going around. There's one that they'll just let them split the five games evenly. Like one channel will have five games and the other channel will have the other five games. But the theory that apparently the NFL wants is they want them to rotate. They want CBS to have it one week, NBC to have it the next week, and then it just keeps going like that. And the reason why is so that the NFL can tout that, hey, you don't have to worry about rotating schedules. You can just watch it on the NFL Network the entire time. Uh, seems like a pretty, a pretty uh, cheap-ass way to do it, but I guess they got to promote their channel any way they can. Honestly, to me, you know what you do, NFL? You do whatever you got to do to make sure Comcast and other people don't make you pay obscene amounts of money to get the NFL Network. How about that? Instead of sitting there trying to find stupid ways to cheap out other networks people care about more. But that's just my thoughts. Um, do you guys uh, concur with the NFL model, or do you think it should just be, if they do the two-channel thing, do it the more simpler way, right? What do you yeah, think, I, I think I think the way it needs to be is the way that the networks were wanting to do it. I, I think the rotating thing makes sense for the NFL, yes. You can definitely promote what you were talking about, Sean. You know, hey, just go to the NFL Network. It's all you got to worry about. You don't have to worry about anything. Um, but let's be honest. Not everybody has the NFL Network. Not everybody wants the NFL Network. Not you know. Let's be uh, go back in time when me and Sean uh, discussed why I didn't have it at one time. It's because I wasn't going to spend thirty extra dollars on my you know uh, cable bill just to get the NFL Network because all the other channels that came with the NFL Network were not going to be watched by me. I don't know by who, but not by me. <laughs> And uh, that was a problem for me because not that I couldn't afford it, but I didn't want to afford it. It, it, I had other things in my life that I would rather spend that 30 bucks on, including my daughter. You know, she's got classes that 30 bucks can go a long way. And uh, so I I look at this as a situation where they could definitely help the rest of the public enjoy the football games. Just keep it on NBC for five weeks, switch over to CBS, whoever has the to me, it, it, it makes more sense for the people wanting to watch the product trying to confuse them just to get them to come to your channel i'm not a big fan of that i think that's going to end up having you maybe lose some people just say screw it i don't care whatever but you're not people are going to be able to find it let's be honest 
Yeah, I'm just waiting for him to finally just give up on this cable process and just say, allow me to watch it on Sunday Ticket, because I gave up on cable two, three years ago and have not looked back since. The only thing I miss is like is, is sports in general. But it would, it would be nice. I mean, I understand it's never going to happen because money-wise, but... Well, I mean, uh, you could just buy a $10 antenna and you get the... The four, the four channels the NFL's on. I mean, no, I, that's absolutely. You don't even have to buy an antenna. I'm using a. a oh yeah, you have the Genesis Turner. The, yeah, that too. But I, I'm talking about as far as the NFL Network goes. It's just it would be nice if the Sunday ticket or something like that would allow me to watch the Thursday game, and I wouldn't have to worry about it anyways. But I think I, it's honestly, silly. It, Sorry, it's all silly and and money grubbing and all of that, but I mean, cable's a dying industry anyway. So I mean, it's all going to go away eventually. Jesus. Uh, yeah. See, it's just one of these things where, like, I just think it's silly the way they do it. Like the way they do these uh, these stupid deals with, like, honestly, uh, I should just be able to buy Game Pass, and I should be able to watch at least TNF without having to have some kind of cable. Like, I understand uh, with the deal with ESPN, uh, you kind of can't do that with Monday Night Football or whatever, but, like, TNF, it should not be that hard to give you alternative ways to watch that. Like, it's just, it's so dumb to have all this, all these issues. If not, you know, I get that you're trying to get people to buy your channel, but... If if you can't figure out a way to make it to where it's more affordable for everybody, uh, where they don't have to pay for, I get paying for like the sports package, but if you got to pay f- like Gary, uh, like like I do, you have to pay for this ridiculous. Now for me, it's different. There are other channels that I'm paying this extra package for besides the NFL Network, but. Um, like uh, that channel that TNA is on now, they jacked it up there because, you know, Comcast has that deal with WWE. But anyway, just, you know, it, I just think that this is on the NFL too. They're not doing enough to make sure that more people can watch this channel. It Sometimes it is more about availability and not so much about uh, making sure people know about your channel. Honestly... Everybody that freaking watches the NFL at this point pretty much probably knows the NFL has their own network. Everybody kind of knows that most of the the big four have their own networks at this point. Um, The NFLs might be the youngest, I think. But still, you know, we're we're talking about stuff that's been around. I just think it's kind of silly. But moving on uh, from that stuff... The, the big news today, I really don't know that it's news because it really, I, I mean, to me, I think that obviously this is a big deal right now and it may become more normal as things goes on, go on, um, but uh, you do have uh, Catherine Smith becoming an official part, full-time employee of the Buffalo Bills, as far as in a coaching role, she is the quality control special teams coach. Um, she was named that yesterday. She uh, she has a different role than one Jen Welter had when she was with the Cardinals during training camp, because that was pretty much during training camp. Uh, she actually was a, an assistant coach with Rex Ryan before he left the Jets, even. So she has some kind of she has experience. Even though she started as like an intern that was doing, uh, I think, concessions or whatever. And then she was able to get all the way where she is right now uh, in in her role as just being involved with, with football. Do you see this becoming more of a trend? Do you see this, you know, do you think there really are a lot of women that want to be uh, football coaches? You know, um, or is this just kind of, does this seem like a, you know, publicity thing? Gary? Uh, You know, it could be, you know, a situation where we're looking at it being the future, uh, where we're going to have more females uh, join the ranks of all these male-dominated worlds like, you know, the NFL. And we're seeing it in other sports. We're going to see it more, I think, in the NFL eventually. Uh, But, you know... 
I mean, I definitely don't think it's a publicity stunt or anything like that. It's not just a news story. I mean, she legitimately has earned her spot, and I think that's great. The NFL is such a weird beast. It's really stayed the same for the most part. When it comes to other things that have changed, maybe you could say uh, the number of African-American coaches has definitely risen, which is great. Uh, we've seen, uh, I believe, uh, Rivera is uh, Latino. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we've seen other ethnicities coaching, uh, genders now coaching. I don't think that's far-fetched. Now, how far in the future? I think that's a little further in the future. Um, just because we're not seeing it on the college level, we're not seeing it uh, very much in the high school level either. It, it, it could happen. I think it could happen. But it's not going to be anytime soon, if you ask me. But I think it's a great thing. And, uh, you know, being a quality uh Condition. I can't think of the name. What did you say? Quality control. Quality coach, control. Right? Yeah. Special teams. So, so it means that she's watching a lot of tape. That's her job. She's preparing the tapes for these players. She's getting them ready. She's a part of the team and a part of the coaching staff. Let's not get it crazy and think that she's actually coaching the special teams, but she's definitely a part of it. And that is a start. And that's where we can, you know, hope that the future you may have female. Uh, actual special teams coaches you may have a female defensive coach i you don't know it it's not soon i don't think though i even see this is a, a huge story i mean it's a big breaking ground for women of course but listen women are getting more and more into football as it is and and they want to contribute and they want to be a part of it and i mean this is a baby step into something that i think could be something down the line yeah, I think so too. I mean, this is going to be. We saw it with the, you know, Greg Popovich with the Spurs. Um, she's doing apparently great work there. You know, Spurs continue to be uh, what they are. Uh, you know, we, Bruce Arians was the first one to kind of make that step. And now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now we have Rex Ryan doing it. I think, you know, this is going to happen. Like Randy said, you have more women being involved in football now. Uh, I mean, we don't, this is the thing, we don't hear about it as much as you do when this happens in the NFL. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, it's just, it, it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see if we do uh, get that. I wonder, though, if it is because in high school, uh, college things, it's, it's the profession, the, the way that the, the players act is much different, you know? So, uh, perhaps might be because, because, you know, those, as we saw with Jameis Winston, when he was in college, the way he acts now, uh, different, uh, maturity levels, uh, for those kids, basically that they still are, uh, growing into men. I think, you know, you're in a safer place when you're doing it at the professional level because there are consequences for how you act um, much more severely than, you know, at, at those other levels. And, and you know, and, and also the women are like if if you're trying to say, I think that's why you don't see as much like where it's they're in that college and then they get involved with that team in that way because they're still trying to figure out what they want to do and stuff like that, too. So um, I think you probably will see it more where it just happens only in the NFL level and not so much happening throughout. Uh, but I mean, I don't know that we're going to all of a sudden see every team has a female coach of some kind, but you never know 20, 30 years down the line, even 10 years down the line, it could be a different, different thing. Um, I mean, we are going from coaches to a player. Uh, Josh Gordon has officially filed for reinstatement to the NFL. This is his third time being uh, suspended for substance abuse. Of course, he had to miss the whole year uh, last season. He is contracted to the Browns. Um, so, you know, Johnny Manziel didn't get to play with him, and we still don't know what's going to happen with Manziel, but we do know that Josh Gordon will be a Cleveland Brown if he gets reinstated. Uh, he's still 24 years old, believe it or not, and he's already on three strikes. Should he be reinstated? Well, yeah, I mean, he, he served his time. 
of, of course you have to reinstate him, and and Cleveland's going to play him because he's a great talent. But I, I'm just counting down the days until he does something stupid again. Yeah, it's it. You really wonder what's going to happen. I, I'm kind of dumbfounded by this because I think he definitely deserves a shot to be back in the league. But does it really matter? Uh, I'm with Randy on that. I mean, uh, if this kid has not cleaned his nose up and you know really made the right decisions in, in you know just these past recent years, is he going to do it in the future? I mean, with age, hopefully becomes more experience, more knowledge. Um, but still, if he hasn't changed his character, he'll probably be out of the league. Yeah, this is one of those things where I think they're – I don't know how many more strikes. Is it – do they get another strike after three? Uh, but either way, even if he does, I mean the NFL has got to be looking at it like, dude, you did all this for a year. And then you come in here and do something wrong. And this is a case too where, you know, everything you do is going to be watched. So, so he's going to be under a lot of pressure to make sure that – Whatever he was doing in this year off to keep himself clean and all that stuff, he continues to do that because the penalty will be very, very harsh uh, if he gets in trouble again. Uh, I mean, he's he's a great player when he's playing. Uh, we've seen that. He really helps. He would obviously help the Browns. It's If you can stay healthy, it's somebody that they don't have to go find a free agency. It's a You can put him next to Travis Benjamin, and you got – Two guys that are are flyers and and, and really good uh, as receivers. So that's a you shore up uh, part of that team if, if I, you play. I want to know something, and Randy. I mean, I, I want to ask you this: Do you think that this guy is going to be ready early in the season? I mean, the whole year off. That's a lot of not getting your body ready. That's a lot of rebuilding your body, conditioning. Uh, do you think this kid can come back quickly, or is it going to take half the year to get him back to who he once was? Well, the good thing for him is it's happening now, so he's going to have the entire offseason and, and all of the camps and and all of the preseason to work with Cleveland and, and start to get back in that shape. I remember when he had, what, the 10-game the suspension two years ago that when he came back he was nowhere near ready and and really was just kind of – out there for the last few games before he ended up getting suspended again. So uh, I, I think it does help that he's going to have the entire offseason ahead of him to help. But it, it's a good point that that who knows what he has been doing with his whole year off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just was curious because, you know, fantasy football-wise, that'll be the question a lot of people will be asking. Oh, man, I could draft Josh Gordon, get him sweet. I can get him in the seventh round. Uh, it'll be a steal. But is it really? You know, that's the question we'll all be asking ourselves when it comes to that time. Uh, if we see Josh Gordon in the first offseason camp and he looks like Eddie Lacy, then then we, we, we've known what he's been doing. <laughs> until, until the donut shop got rich. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you know, I don't know if he gets any kind of incentives with uh, stuff with uh, training camp or whatever, but I don't think that really helps him if he's sitting there coming in very large to training camp. It's not going to, I mean, they could just decide to cut him right there. So I, I would imagine that he's been doing what he's supposed to do. You know, I think Eddie Lacy's one thing. Uh, I think Eddie Lacy also, I think they said something about, he's kind of prone to having a little bit of a problem where he just likes to eat a lot and he doesn't realize that he's eating a lot or something like that. And that's why he gets like that. Uh, I don't know, you know, that is a condition now, apparently. Um, but, uh, you know, hopefully for, for Josh, everything works out. He gets reinstated and then things are good and he can stay that way. But uh, we shall we shall see on, on that end. Uh, aside from that, we, we do have uh, Chip Kelly already making waves with his first signing. Didn't take him very long to sign the best receiver in the Canadian Football League. Uh, he was a member of the uh, Calgary Stampeders that won the Grey Cup in 2014. Uh, the, he almost got 1,500 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he'd already gotten trials with the Patriots, Colts, and Giants. He's 24 years old. Uh, he's big. So, you know, it doesn't seem like it's a bad signing. 
uh, for Chip Kelly. He is the most expensive Canadian Football League player ever signed by the NFL. $125,000 signing bonus, a $100,000 base salary, and $75,000 in bonuses. The last CFL player that was signed was, of course, Cameron Wake. And we know how good he is uh, when he is not injured. So, good deal by... uh, his name's Eric Rogers, by the way, sorry. Uh, Chip Kelly, a little uh, insanity already showing, or this is a good deal for Chip Kelly? Well, I mean, what's really is competition. You need weapons in San Francisco and, and get them now and give them the entire offseason. So I like the move. Uh, you got to take your risk. You got to get the best talent for your team. He's scouted this guy, I'm sure, pretty heavily. He feels that you know this guy could contribute to that team. You so, would I mean, hope I don't, anyway, yeah. right? Well, you could hope, but that's <laughs> hey. That, every year, it's a gamble with all your talent. Uh, you're gambling with your number one receiver that he's going to be as good as he was the year before. You're gambling with your draft picks. Uh, so everything's a gamble in the off season. Yeah, I mean, let's hope that it's always good when you get these guys that come from other places and they can come in there and perform because that's. It gives hope to other players in that league that they can be looked at. You know, uh, this guy also played in the Arena League. He didn't get looked at. He got signed by Calgary Stampeders, and then he gets tryouts with various NFL teams. So, uh, you know, good for him to to get signed and see what happens when we head into that off season. And talking about that off season, before we get there, even though this is very important, like first step of the off season. You know, you mentioned it. On the uh, Monday show, Gary, that the Cowboys will be part of the coaching squad for the Senior Bowl. And big talk already happening with not, you know, one of the big uh, guys from college, like a Cody Kessler or Kevin Hogan. People are talking about a guy from North Dakota State, Carson Wentz, as apparently the big uh, quarterback that that is uh, receiving high praise, even though he plays in Division Two. This is the first time, of course, he'd be playing Division One uh, guys when he plays in the Senior Bowl. Apparently, everybody's saying that the Cowboys are going to fall in love with this guy and they're going to draft him at number four. Do you see that happening, Gary? You know, I don't know that that's going to be the case. If this guy comes into the Senior Bowl and he plays extremely well. Uh, it could be closer to being the truth, um, but I, I'm not sold right away. Uh, I think that the coaching staff and, of course, Clay and and everybody else, Jerry Jones involved in that front office, are all going to be expecting to really just pick the right guy at the number four spot. So that may be a little bit of a reach, um, but we'll see. Um, we're going to hear a lot of names matched up with the Cowboys. This isn't the first one, so... It's difficult to say, yes, he's going to be the next, you know, Tom Brady or whatever. But, I mean, let's just wait and see. Uh, it's too early to call, if you ask me. Do you draft a quarterback at number four if you're the Cowboys? Uh, you know, you're asking someone with a biased opinion here. That would probably be Randy's uh, call. No, well, I'm saying, like, but do you yeah. – I mean, Gary, I mean, you know, there are other quarterbacks. Oh, you no. could I, technically I trade up to later if you really want one. Do you take the quarterback there at number four, or do you need other needs? This is from a Tony Romo who said he can play four more years. Well, Tony Romo says he can play four more years, but, I mean, do we know that he can? No, we don't. And I, I don't expect him to play four more years, especially with the collarbone situation. I really feel like if he breaks it again this next season, you're going to see him start to say, you know what, I thought I could do it, but I just my, my health is too important, and, you know, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I could definitely see that. And not only that, I mean, we know that we've seen it. The deterrence of quarterbacks as they get older, they just can't handle it anymore. And he's getting up there. Uh, so, yes, I definitely think I, I, this is your one shot that you're going to be that high in the draft. You don't know that's going to be the case next year. I take a quarterback. I, I take that risk. What do you think, uh, Randy? Do you think this is the guy everybody's going to be talking about? And should the Cowboys draft him at number four if he's there? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, I, I have not seen any 
any of his work yet. So um, I will be watching the Senior Bowl just to kind of see how he plays and stuff. And uh, you always have that that one or two darlings that you know scout scouts will find in in Division Two and and just fall in love with, and they'll move up to draft boards and stuff. But I I just don't see a lot of quarterbacks in this draft that you should reach up for in, in the first round. I mean, look at last year where, what, we had one or two go in the first round and then we didn't see anything else to like the third or fourth. I mean, you can still get good talent later in these rounds. And to reach for somebody as unproven as Wentz would be, I, I, I just don't see it. I will say the history doesn't you know, bode kindly to quarterbacks taken in later. There is a few, but overall quarterbacks taken in later rounds uh, do not bode out as well as quarterbacks taken in the first round. Uh, yes, all, but, you know, but, but reaching for a quarterback also bodes unkindly as well. So, Yeah, I mean, who knows? You know, that's the thing, though. I mean, sometimes... Just because they come from a major school doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be good. And, you know, hey, uh, the, nobody thought Tony Romo was going to be anything from, what, Eastern Illinois or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I'm not saying that the Cowboys need to do this. I'm saying that who knows? This guy could be good. I mean, uh, but, but Randy's right. There are many scouts that will find their darlings, and then all of a sudden they watch tape and they go, oh, my God, this guy, this guy. But you have to remember the competition he's playing against, too. You know, he comes in here and bombs against elite competition, you know, in the Senior Bowl. And this is also in a, a very different kind of situation than, say, this is like an all-star game for the seniors instead of, you know, an actual, like, real, real game. So uh, that's still a little bit, you know, it's not something you technically want to just go off of that. I think as you're obviously he's going to have to go to the combine and have workouts and all that kind of stuff. So we'll see. Oh yeah, it's just one that. one step in many. Uh, just a couple of names I want to talk about real quick as far as people I'm paying attention to in the Senior Bowl. Uh, Braxton Miller, you know, he's switching to the wide receiver role. It looks like that's where he's going to land. So if he wants a job somewhere in the NFL, he's going to have to show it off here. He's get one more chance to show it as a wide receiver. And then on the other team. Uh, just a name to to remember and start thinking about uh, one uh, Glenn Gronkowski out of Kansas State. I mean, he's listed as a tight end just because he's a Gronkowski, but he played as a fullback for Kansas State. So we will have another Gronkowski in the league next year. They related or not? Yes, related? he is. Okay, the they... youngest. He's the youngest. I believe. Oh, yeah, God. the youngest of the five brothers. How, watch if somehow Bill Belichick is able to get him. It's just, he will he will learn by osmosis with his brother over there. Well, I mean, from everything I've looked up on him, he, he's really good. He's earned three straight all Big 12 honors. So, I mean, especially, I mean, a fullback is not a position that's really used anymore, especially in the NFL, but he, he can catch the ball too, so. Just watch for him in the senior bowl. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. All right. Um, anything. Uh... Anything else on that, Gary? Or? No, I mean, uh, it could be something exciting uh, just because, you know, the name. And uh, I think there will be some teams maybe reaching out for him just because of that name. But, but, you know, you'll have to wait and see what he can do in the NFL. Yeah, it's going to be interesting how the how the other quarterbacks go here. I mean, you're going four deep. Uh, if they're all going to get to play and do well, we shall see. But... Let's get into what everybody is probably caring about the most here is these. The Royal uh, champ- Rumble. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is also happening this Sunday. 
not something WWE wanted to do. Apparently, they were they have some Mag- Orlando Magic game uh, during the Pro Bowl, so they could and they just had to deal with it. Either way, um, they will be up against the Cardinals and, and Panthers game, but we'll talk about that in a sec. Let's talk about the Brady Manning Bowl for the 19th time. These two going off. Uh, Tom Brady has never won in Denver against an actually, you know, decent quarterback. He's beaten uh, Danny Cannell and Tim Tebow in Denver. Uh, not two, you know, uh, star star quarterbacks or anything. Uh, but Tom Brady has thrown more touchdowns in Denver than Peyton Manning has this year, and uh, no team has lost at uh, at home in uh, the championship game uh, when we're talking about Brady-Manning matchups. So there are some stats in favor of uh, Mr. Manning. There's also stats not in favor of Manning, which include if the game's less than 40 degrees, he is five or he is one in five. So obviously he's going to be talking about the quarterbacks, but there's other things going on in this game, namely the lack of a running game for the Patriots the running game that does exist for the Broncos, namely C.J. Anderson, who was kind of averaging about five yards a carry uh, at some points during that game. Where do you see the Broncos? Is this where the Broncos are going to go? They're going to go attacking with a run, see what happens there, and then base it off of Manning? Yeah, I, I think that's what you have to do, is you have to control the ball. I think their mission will be kind of what Kansas City's was last week. It's keep Tom Brady off the field, nice long drives, but turn them into seven points instead of three, which was Kansas City's downfall. And, you know, allow Peyton Manning to get into a rhythm, let him kind of get his his feet underneath him. Uh, you definitely do not want to go down early in this game. Um, so look for them just to... to Play non-mistake football and and keep it interesting until the second half, and then and then see where you can go from there. Uh, I should also note that when Julian Edelman plays for the Patriots, they have not lost a game. Uh, Gary, if you're Tom Brady, this is the toughest defense you faced all year. Um, this is a defense that has everybody uh, along with it. This is uh, much different than the Chiefs' defense because they were some of the guys that were there weren't playing well, like a Justin Houston, Tom Bali. You've got some stellar corners playing against their receivers. How do you how do you feel like you need to attack this this defense? Just keep doing what you do, or is there something different? I think you got to keep your formula pretty much in place, but you do have to make sure you're. Uh, adjusting the formations based on how the defense is reading. Uh, and I think Tom Brady's going to do great at that, so that's no fear. Um, but you already know that they're going to try to get in your face. They already, You already know that they're trying to try to slow down Tom Brady because I don't think that they fear the New England running game at all. Uh, I think Well, the New, like New England the, running game doesn't exist. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, well, yeah, but that's why they don't fear it at all, right? <laughs> well, that's what I'm so. saying. Like, what, what, I, what I'm saying is that you know you're going to get blitzed but is that going to create a problem for the Patriots that they haven't seen yet? Because not only are they going to get blitzed, but that means you can also drop guys in coverage because you know they're not going to run. They're just going to pass almost all the time. You know, Do you see like where Brady might, might uh, have some turnovers happen here because of not having the running game? He could possibly, but you know, let's be honest. Tom Brady's great at getting the ball out quickly, especially if his receivers find a way to get open. And I think in this game, you'll they'll still be able to get open. The corners for the Broncos are good, and you just pointed that out while ago. But really, let's be honest. Gronkowski, it takes two guys to cover him. Edelman has done a wonderful job. That's why they are undefeated with Edelman this year. Uh, so I don't think they're going to completely shut down this New England offense because Tom Brady's going to get the ball out quickly. Now, it all just depends on how Brady's offensive line handles the business, and I think that's really what Belichick's going to say. Get the ball out as quick as possible. If you can't make a call, throw it away. Do your best because we can't depend on a running game. So that's the way I feel about it. I don't expect uh, you know it to be crazy. You know, I think that you know this game's going to go like usual. Brady's going to find a way to get the ball out. 
Yeah, I mean, so looking at that on on the other end, what Peyton Manning do you think we're going to see in this game? Do we see the one? Now, granted, a lot of that, and of course, uh, Gary Kubiak also said that it had to do a lot with the drops, which prevented him from getting into a rhythm and all that that, that Randy already pointed out. But which Peyton Manning are we getting? Are we are we getting? Do you think that they're going to bother him enough to where we might get the the Manning that has a really terrible game, or do we kind of get the Peyton Manning from last week where maybe if those receivers catch some more balls, he looks better? Yeah, I definitely think it's more the latter. I, if, if this is Peyton Manning's last game, if they end up losing the game, I he just has too much pride. I think he's. He's going to come in here more focused than he's been in any game in his entire life. Um, so I just can't see him going out and pulling out a performance like he did against Kansas City with uh, just a ton of turnovers and just falling apart. Uh, it's definitely going to come down to whether the receivers are on the same page and catching the balls and helping that rhythm go. Because really, like, like you said, there's no other just deterrent to rhythm than a dropped pass. It just seems to snowball. Like once Dem- Demarius Thomas drops a pass, the next thing you know, Emmanuel Sanders dropping a pass, the next thing you know, no one's holding on to anything. So it, you got to go out early and make a statement by by holding on to the ball and just getting that ball rolling. If you- go ahead, no, I'm sorry, I, I totally agree. And uh, Demarius Thomas himself pointed out the fact that when they've had those situations where they were playing at a game previously that last week and they had dropped a ton of balls the next week they usually were on par and it's got to be that way this game you cannot get behind randy has a great point there because uh, like i said new england is going to get theirs Uh, you could have a great defense which the broncos do but new england knows how to work the system they've done this for years we've seen them defeat great defenses because they Let's, I can't think of another coach better than Bill Belichick that finds a way to attack defenses. He just, and he's not really even an offensive guy. He just is so smart, and they find a way to make things happen. So the Broncos have to be on part of this game. If you're the Patriots, what's the one thing you're worried about? Randy? If I'm the Patriots is what you're saying? Yeah, if you're the Patriots, what's the one thing you're worried about? Uh, the one thing I'm worried about is Tom Brady. The, the rest of the team, uh, defensively, uh, you can have your concerns, but I really feel like New England's defense can hold up. I mean, the Broncos haven't proven that they're consistent. That's the big thing here. They haven't proven that they consistently score a high number of points. So the one thing, if I'm going to point one thing out, is Tom Brady has to be able to be Tom Brady for them to win this game. If it's not, there's no way they win. Randy, aside from Peyton Manning, is there something the Broncos are concerned about? Everything. Uh, I, I think if you're Denver, the thing that you're most focused on is how much pressure you can get on Tom Brady and how much you can you can disrupt the timing. I, I think you're going to see a lot of press coverage by Denver in this game because, like Gary said, New England's going to go in here trying to get the ball off quick just quick three steps and and dump it off into a slant or a quick curl or something like that. The the plays are not going to last that long. So if you're on the Denver defense, your whole job in the secondary is to create as much havoc as you can to allow that rush to get to Tom Brady, get that in his face, get him uncomfortable. Um, If you're not allowed, if you're unable to do that, then it's just going to be a long game and Tom Brady's going to pick you apart just like he has so many other teams this year. All right, well, time to make this uh, prediction. Gary, you changing your Super Bowl pick? Oh man, I've been dreading this moment. I really have because <laughs> uh, it, let's be honest, New England looked so impressive last week. They really did, uh, and you can never put them in the back burner. <laughs> you always got to realize they're going to be in the game. <sighs> you know what? I'm I. Uh, you know what? I have to. I have to give it to the Patriots. I'm sorry. I, I just think they're going to find a way to win. I, I just cannot, can't imagine the Broncos playing mistake-free football. I just don't know if they have it in them. And I think that Tom Brady, uh, in his offense, the way he runs it, I think he can find a way to make sure that they don't turn the ball over. 
Yeah, yeah. Going into this game, I really like after the Monday podcast when I was thinking about it, I really thought my prediction was going to be New England was going to win big. Uh, I'm talking two, three touchdowns big. Um, as the week has progressed, and I, I've thought about it more and looked up some more things, I really think Denver can make this a game and possibly even pull off the win. It is at home. Peyton Manning does play well in these situations. Uh, the defense is one of the best in the league and can cause Tom Brady more havoc than any other team. Um, I just can't can't pull that trigger and say Denver is going to win. I'll say New England wins by six points. Uh, I've also been dreading this moment because, you know, I, I thought maybe Peyton Manning would kind of come back a little bit to what we've seen. But, you know, the thing that always is prevalent in the NFL is, and sports in general, especially the, the American sports, is defense with championships. And if I got to go with a defense, I'm going with the Broncos who can uh, they've already got the blueprint themselves. They already beat uh, Tom Brady once this year. And you can you can say, you know, it's because Osweiler or whatever, but that defense was very instrumental. And, yes, they lost players. They didn't have guys, whatever. They still beat them. I mean, let's not forget Tom Brady was very close to even winning that game without those players. Uh, so I'm going to stick with my original pick. I'm not going to say I'm overly confident about it or anything. But I'm going to say the Broncos win by three. Also because it's in mile high. And, you know, in that matchup with Brady and, and uh, Manning, that seems to favor Manning at that point. So let's get into the NFC Championship game, the later game, the game that we played around 640 Eastern time. Arizona traveling to Bank of America Stadium and playing these Carolina Panthers. Uh, both teams wound up being in closer games than they probably thought they were going to be in when the game started. Now you've got the two heavy hitters that have pretty much beaten everybody else down this season going against each other. You've got Bruce Arians who, you know, he kind of goes by the seat of his pants, you know, everything. You've got, you know, Ron Rivera, first time really in this situation uh, Cam Newton, first time in this situation. Carson Palmer as well, first time in this situation. A lot of a lot of first time things going on here. What uh, what do what do you if if uh, what are you looking at here? What do you think is going to be the key for Arizona? Is it going to be more defensively? Is it going to be Carson Palmer being more on his game than he was in the previous one? Yeah, it's definitely, to me, going to come down to the offense and whether Carson Palmer can pick apart that secondary. Obviously, you're going to see a lot of what Carolina did against Seattle in the first half where they're going to bring a lot of pressure and try to cause as much havoc because, I mean, obviously it worked against Russell Wilson. Now you get Carson Palmer who has far less mobility and, you know, they're going to try to to just make him make mistakes. Um, but the thing I want to see is how John Brown and, and Michael Floyd can go against the secondary because what you did see against Carolina in that second half is that the, the, going deep against Carolina is the way to go. I mean, if you're able to create time for your quarterback and get those receivers downfield, the Panthers seem to kind of lose their men after about 20, 25 yards. So now that you have two men, again, in Brown and Floyd that can go deep and cause havoc, I think that's where Arizona's strong point is going to be. And then you have Larry Fitzgerald underneath to, to really pick them apart as they start to try to figure out what to do with the deep threats. I think the big thing to look at here is that Larry Fitzgerald is not going to get covered by Josh Norman because what does Larry Fitzgerald do? He's in the slot most of the time. So this is going to be on one of the other guys – possibly even Luke Keekley at times to try to cover a guy like Larry Fitzgerald and is it gonna is it gonna force the Panthers to have to shadow make Norman shadow him and maybe makes him a little bit uncomfortable because he's in a spot where he's normally not used to. Um, you know, on the other end that also means that 
Josh Norman takes away Michael Ford or John Brown, do you think this is a situation where like Fitzgerald could really exploit the Panthers having those injuries there in the secondary with no Tillman, no Benet Benwickery? Gary? Yeah, I think so. I think that they could definitely find a way to get Fitzgerald in that position to do that. And, uh, you know, it just seems to me like that really the Arizona Cardinals have a receiving core all the way around that can do that. Even if they put Norman uh, strictly on Fitzgerald, it works all game long. It doesn't matter to me. Michael Floyd's going to find a way to get open. Uh, Either the Browns, those guys, those kids are great. I mean, just all the way around, this receiving core is just excellent. And I think that they uh, can exploit this Carolina defense. Uh, You know, if we're talking earlier in the year, maybe I'm a little bit more concerned. But with these injuries and the fact that they're not as strong as they once were, Carolina is going to be vulnerable when it comes to the receiving core of the Arizona Cardinals. Do you see Carson Palmer being a little bit more aggressive in this game? Because he he wasn't uh, at the beginning. And it kind of took him a a while to get to that. Or you think the the fact that Josh Norman's out there uh, with the fact that he's probably going to get blitzed uh quite often or at least they're going to get to to rush him do you think this alters what uh the cardinals do at all yeah i mean because of that pressure and because of what happened it's kind of the same thing i was saying about the previous game where you cannot find yourself down early so you can't be tentative you have to go out there and and sling the ball around like you know you can i mean there's no holding back at this point. These are possibly the two best teams in the league, let alone the NFC. So you know that the competition is going to be high, and you just have to feel it inside yourself that I can, I can live up to what we are, and it's on me to do it. So if Carson Palmer has any kind of tentative C and and kind of pump fakes here and there and, and double clutches sometimes, Carolina is going to eat him alive the whole game. Let me give you a few big stats here. You got these two teams have the same road record. Uh, Carolina, obviously the eight no at home. Uh, they are first and second in total points, point differential, takeaways, and points off takeaways. So you know, Randy's saying that these are the two best teams possibly in the league. These are the two very evenly matched teams in the league. I mean, this thing could be. One of those defensive, like thirteen to nine games, because the defenses are just running everything. Or this could certainly be a shootout. And if you get into that kind of situation, I'm think I'm favoring the Cardinals. I'm still am not totally. You know that you know Ted Ginn has not been himself, and he's been their deep threat. Uh, I think that you know the Cardinals have a, have guys. Uh, they have guys that can certainly uh, a Dion Buchanan who's a smaller guy, uh, they have other... Uh, yeah, they'll put Patrick Peterson on Olsen if they have to. Um, you know, I, I think that when you're looking at d- these defenses, it's going to be insane the way they're going to be able to kind of cancel each other out almost. This is going to be really, really interesting game. Uh, on the defensive side, though, you got a Cardinals team that blitzes more than anyone else in the entire NFL. That's going to be an issue for this line that also has a few pro bowlers on it. Who do you think wins that matchup in the end? Do you see it being the Panthers line that has been pretty great all season? Or do you see the Cardinals really getting at Cam Newton and making it a problem for him? You know, it's tough to say. I don't think that Arizona's offensive line is going to play as bad as they did last week. Uh, to me personally, they didn't play anywhere close to the quality that they've had in the past. Um, I think they were a little caught off guard or something. Something was going on with those guys. I think they'll definitely be better this week. Uh, but, man, I mean, look at Cam Newton, how elusive he is. I think blitzing all the time could definitely affect the Arizona Cardinals negatively at times just because of the fact that, you know, if you're blitzing, you're leaving someone open. And uh, I think Cam Newton's played extraordinarily uh, great this year. I think he's going to be able to find those open guys. And so I think they're going to have to calm down a little bit on that. So saying all that, I think Carolina is the team that I I look at being the, the, the more dominant uh, just because of the fact that I think that they'll be able to get to Carson Palmer at times, whereas I'm not sure that Arizona, as good as their defensive line is, 
I'm not sure they're always going to be able to get there because uh, Cam Newton's so elusive. So if you're the Panthers, what's the one thing you're worried about? I'm worried about the the moment becoming too big. Uh, they we've talked about it on Monday how the Panthers, you know, allow themselves to ease off the gas when they have teams beat as they did against Seattle. I'm now worried about that same like lower level of. I, I hate to say maturity because obviously these guys are very mature and and they're very professional, but uh, that l- low level of experience, I guess, is a better way of putting it. Where you're going, we are one step away from the national or from the national championship game, uh, from the Super Bowl. You know, Super Bowl Fifty. This is so big, and I'm worried about you know the moment becoming too big and everything tightening up, and and then you know the smooth play of the Panthers kind of falls on its head. You know, and, and Randy makes a, a good point, but uh, because of the fact that we've seen in the past that the Panthers organization has done just that, they've kind of just faltered, even after great seasons. Uh, they just showed a, a whole statistics line on ESPN the other day about that, and the quarterbacks and the coaches and all the people that have been in great situations with the Carolina Panthers, and just out of nowhere, they just fall flat. And I'm not saying that's going to happen here, but it does make you wonder, you know, especially how confident that team is. Are they going to stay confident if they're down, you know, 14 points in the fourth quarter? Are they going to be able to overcome that? Are they going to get too nervous, start making mistakes? On the flip side, I think Arizona's got a little worried about that a little bit more uh, as well. I think that Carson Palmer may start getting desperate if they're down and start making some choice decisions uh, that we may not usually see him make. So, I think both organizations are going to have to deal with that stress, but I could see where guys, you know, uh, especially guys like Ham, who've had a lot of success, if they get behind, can they handle the stress? Can they, you know, com- keep their composure? That's an interesting point there, Gary. But if you're Arizona, what's the one thing you're worried about? If I'm Arizona, I definitely worry about Carolina finding a way to to definitely stop my running game. Because uh, that's going to happen in general, but uh, overall, we've seen Arizona still continuously run the ball and have some success, even against some of the good defenses. Uh, even if that's you know making uh, a few you know passes to the outside of the running back or you know anything you know even the slants, just finding a way to get the running backs the ball. Uh, that's the one thing I'm def- definitely worried about. Because if you're always depending on Carson Palmer. I think that's a big problem. I think that the, uh, the Arizona Cardinals definitely need uh, Dave Johnson. Uh, and I'm not sure. Is Chris Johnson going to play in this game? I haven't heard any news. They said he could be back. Have you guys heard I any I think they said Super Bowl would be more likely. Okay. If- so, yeah. So, really, if you ask me, that's the big thing I'm worried about. You've got to continue to do what you've done all year and, and make sure that those running backs help you. Well, and that's what I was going to say on the other side. Because Carolina is huge at running the ball. Um, in fact, Jonathan Stewart, I think, has 50 yards in almost all of his games, at least 50 yards. The thing is, you know, Cam Newton also kind of makes up for that because he can run himself, you know, those read option plays or just when he just takes off because he's scrambling around. If the Cardinals are able to keep that bottled up, that puts a lot of pressure on Cam. And again, if you take away, you know, let's say Ted Ginn still kind of banged up not being himself. You're, you take you try to take away Olsen. He doesn't have a lot of weapons out there to be thrown to, unlike Carson Palmer, who you kind of trust all those guys to make plays at this point. Even David Johnson can get out there and you know catch balls in the as a receiver as well. So you know Andre Ellington, same thing. So you know that's that's a very interesting thing for the Panthers if they're not running the ball. Much different team uh, on that end. So. I mean, both these games could be very interesting. Hopefully, they're both great, and we'll be talking about them on uh, Monday as we usually do. Uh, who's picking? Who's, who's oh yeah, who are we good? picking? Yes, uh, I'm That's staying a, with Arizona. <laughs> I know all of us are. I think <laughs> I, I'm going to stay with my pick of Arizona. I think at the end of the day, more firepower, and again, their defense is nothing to sniff at. I mean, they they've created just as many turnovers and all that as Carolina. You know, all it takes is that one at the right time. Yes, do I trust Cam to take care of the ball? Probably a little bit better than Carson Palmer as far as if the lineman comes around and tries to hit him or something like that. 
Yes, but I think at the end of the day, I'm looking at overall, just the overall defense. Arizona has more guys, even without uh, Honey Badger being there, that will come in and be a force and can create something. Whereas uh, Carolina's kind of missing some guys at the wrong time right now. Yeah, I agree, and that, that's definitely one of the points I, I want to you know think about when I'm making my decision here. Uh, and another thing, I already talked about it a little bit. I think the Arizona offensive line is not going to show up and be that same team that their offensive line that they were last week. I think they're better than that. I think they know they are. I think they're going to help protect Carson Palmer a little bit more. Um, there's they got a tough, tough team to play and do that. Uh, but I think they're still going to give you know Palmer a lot more. Uh, opportunities than they did last week. Not saying that Palmer won't get sacked. I definitely think he's going to get sacked in this game, uh, but I think he's still going to have a chance to throw those deep balls that he wants to throw. So uh, I'm looking at here uh, a close game. I think Arizona by three. Yeah, this is such a tough one to pick because I think Carolina has more talent on their team than Arizona all around. But there's just something that has me off on them after their game against Seattle. Because, I mean, I went back and watched that game just because it was so mind-blowing to me how that first half went. And you go back and watch that first half, and sure, they jumped out 35 nothing, but the offense didn't really go out and really impress. I mean, you take out that big run right off the bat from Jonathan Stewart, and you take out that beautiful pass that Cam Newton threw to Greg Olson for a touchdown. And their offense was, it was pretty mediocre. They never really took any shots down the field. It was just slowly working their way down the field. I'm not saying they were terrible, but, I mean, considering that they were up 35 to nothing at half, you would think you would have seen a lot more. So I'm I'm curious how that goes on Sunday, if they take more shots or not. And like I said, the way you beat Carolina lately is deep, and you, and you challenge that secondary. I mean, I think... Obviously, Norman is one of the best cornerbacks in the league, but somehow that has turned into the secondary of the Panthers is scary. But once you actually challenge them, I mean, they can be beat. And and the wide receiver core of Arizona is definitely well-fitted to take that challenge. So I'm with you guys. I think Arizona is going to win this game. All right. Well, there you have it. Um, Those are our picks. We'll have to see who makes the Super Bowl and and who doesn't. We'll be talking about that again. We'll be talking about it on Monday. Uh, Join us for that. And, of course, if you first time listening, uh, if you enjoyed what you heard here, uh, you can subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever uh, there are podcasts. Uh, You can also, if you listen uh, through one of the uh, the, the websites that we're on, of course, we are in partnership with Last Word on Sports. Uh, they have their own Podbean that you can go find. Last Word on Sports uh, Radio, just LWS Radio, and go subscribe there. Uh, not only do you get us, uh, you get uh, the wrestling podcast that Gary and I do. That's on there. You get the Wrestling of Rap podcast that Harry Broadhurst and Patrick Ketza do. That's uh, basically a, like a DVD review uh, show. And you get all their other podcasts, which, you know, they have some really good ones for hockey, soccer, um, all kinds of soccer ones, actually. Um, you know, yeah, just uh, just some good stuff there. Uh, some MMA podcasts, too. So uh, check them out. Uh, if, if you're, you know, you can download that Podbean app or you can just go to podbean.com and find it that way. Um, so, yeah, be sure to check them out. And, of course... We do other stuff, part of the WTM network here. Uh, we're about to go do that Wrestling the Max show uh, where we'll be previewing the Royal Rumble that's happening on Sunday night. Of course, we'll also be doing a review of that Sunday night right after it's over. Um, and, yeah, we'll be uh, talking about a few other things as well. Uh, Randy, you just had your newest episode of your backlog busting. Tell everybody. Yeah, if you like uh, older video games and and just kind of looking how they they aged and if they're still playable now in 2016, uh, definitely check out BacklogBusting.com. Uh, our last episode, we played Bubble Bobble. Um, what did I play? I forget. 
I played a game. Oh, I played um, Thomas Was Alone, which is a an indie puzzle game, and uh, Wes played uh, Final Fantasy X2. All right. Uh, certainly uh, variety there when it comes to both of those games. Um, so, yeah, we just did the quality multiplayer about like a th- three or f- three hours ago. Talked about the big NX rumors that happened yesterday. And, geez, that thing just it never seems like the rumors stop when it, when it comes to that. Uh, and a few, you know, Hitman going episodic and a few other things that have happened uh, in the world of games. And, uh, well, we'll see you guys on Monday. And uh, enjoy the conference championship games because I'm sure they'll be great. Later, everybody.